Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Halden. And Benjamin Halden. If you've noticed where we are today, we are back at Gymshark and it's had it's had a upgrade. Glow up. Update. It looks really fancy. Am I behind the Pampas grass? Oh no. Pampas grass is there. No, it looks really sunny, but we are back at the Gymshark Regent Street store and today you have me and Ben. And we are speaking about our, our younger selves. Yeah, that, that doesn't sit... I don't know why. It makes me feel very... Well, we thought we'd go to, over some yeah, things that are common beliefs or opinions, thoughts, tweets, and status that we put A in Facebook the past, which some of them are going to be embarrassing, especially Facebook ones. Uh, and then Cal is going to fire some questions over a thing as well. Yes, I am. Sorry, I am here as well. I think what's really weird when you look back on your younger self, if I were to look... How young are we going? 13, well, 14, 15, climbed 16. Climbed out the womb. I don't really care about that. No, but. from like, from the when you're a teen, like 14, 15, 16. If I was to go back to my younger self of, of those ages, 14, 15, 16, especially, I think that was, I look back now, I think that was actually a really, really hard time and a hard period for me. But if I looked on now to what I was doing, absolutely not, would not believe a single second of it. I think toxic Wouldn't waste of millions. It. You think of toxic waste of millions? Yeah. No, I don't at all. I think of all I think of is how my whole life was consumed in a negative and a positive way by swimming. Completely. That's all I can think of. I can't remember anything else. My whole identity was swimmer. I'm sure you had some good times in your youth. Oh God, no, but God, <laughs> doom and gloom, Lucy Davis life is grey and bad. No, swimming was really positive and lovely and wonderful. But when I look, think back to those years, I think because it was such an important part and the biggest part of my life, that's all I can remember. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I've noted down some things I used to think. And it'd be interesting to get your feedback on it as well. Go on. So one of the things I put down is I used to think I didn't look good all the time. Then, and because of that, I was less valuable, I was less worthy, and that people would judge me and be like, oh, he's let himself go. Or I, I often felt a lot of pressure around when I took my top off mm. uh, because I think I was always a fit guy, games captain in school, uh, was always good at PE, always good at sports, those kind of things. You personally didn't, and this, I reckon this is a very individual case for me. I didn't really think about too much what I looked like because I was in a swimming costume every day. Yeah. I know that might go one of two ways. It was more so when I quit swimming was the issue. It During, 
I, I was a swimmer. It, they didn't even fathom. I was like, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm in a swimming costume every single day. Didn't even phase me. As soon as I quit, I was the most aware, self-obsessed, self-destructive of my body that I've ever been in my whole entire life. Yeah, I mean, that, don't, that didn't happen when I was playing football at 14. I'm also talking about when you start to come to the teen years where social status yeah. is more of a thing where you want to start seeing other girls and drink starts to become part of the equation. Mm. I'm also talking about those, that kind of area where it becomes more pressure in the way that you look. I think I massively just valued myself solely on that. I think that was, that was crushing it for a long time. And I, I, I think the way that I now think is that I just don't give a shit. Like, I, th I think especially when you do things... You still you still care about your appearance, Not though. as much, but like, even in the gym, I wouldn't have took my top off and started training. Oh, no, I was yeah. training yesterday in the gym, doing a high rock session, just took my top off. I don't, I'm not in the best shape that I've ever been. Hadn't shaved my back. I was pissing <laughs> a sweat. I just looked like a big hairy bear. I just trained and I didn't give a shit. And I think mm. that's the, the difference where that becomes a maturity, where that becomes the style of training that you're doing. I don't know. It's just, it, it, it's a mindset switch. And which one that I'm happy about, by the way, because it means I can enjoy myself a lot more, not just depending on whether I'm in summer shape or whether I'm like in the winter warmer suit. Oh no, 100%. I understand where you're coming from that. I thought you just meant as the transition, but I think that also comes through learned experience. As you grow up, you do in your head anyway, you come to terms with things that you might not have understood as you were growing up. Whereas I, I don't know though. I mean, I think I, I can't probably answer it the best that I can because I've always trained with my top off or, or done this or done that, like eating disorder, no eating disorder. I kind of just did it anyway. Cause I thought, oh my God, when I had an eating disorder, I looked absolutely terrible. And I wasn't, I was under, underweight and very lean. And then even, I don't know, it's very hard. It, it's very complex, I think. Yeah, it's, I, I, I often, it's obviously Body interesting image to, is complex, to be honest. I think it's interesting to see how it affects men versus women in, in that instance as well. I think probably you wouldn't think about the amount of guys who are probably self-conscious about themselves just being in a pair of swim shorts at the pool. In what way? I think it's probably deemed from a social perspective is that women are more self-conscious themselves, like being in a bikini or being in a swimsuit or being in a bathing suit and getting shaped for that. But there's a lot of guys who won't express how self-conscious they are just in a pair of swim shorts at the pool, especially between the, between those kind of ages. It's the exact same as a lot of guys won't express their feelings at all. They won't open up about how they feel. They won't open up if they're anxious, depressed, there's that whole thing. That's the whole reason you did a lot with Movember in general, which we were just speaking about before is because guys find it a lot harder to open up because of the stigma of macho, manly, big, this and that. And it's the exact same with body image. It's even when you think about eating disorders, you naturally think, people think, oh, it's a lot of like so many women just have eating disorders, like guys must be fine. So many guys have eating disorders and it's not even spoken about because guys are supposed to be like, bulky and big and macho and masculine and just to get over everything so I can imagine growing up listening to those sort of things as a guy from your perspective is just as hard if not harder for you guys than someone like me I feel like we had a lot of resources that I didn't use but there was so many women who were in the same boat there was no guys that I mm. saw of who were in that same sphere okay next point 
Can we just flow through these points, then we can discuss them? Yeah, you can do. I cool. mean, I had, I also had points, but I can well, ban- just point... Well, some back and I, forth. No, mine was more so I... Because when I think about my younger self, I was very, very impatient. And that was one of the topics that I wanted to talk about. Okay, that was the next one. I always felt I was behind. I still, I, <laughs> I still feel behind. But that comes down. Like to, you never out, yeah. you never outgrow that. That comes. That's a patience thing, though, as well. Mm. Um, the reason I put that down is because I said the ex- yeah. I made the exact same notes that that's still how I feel, and this is also how you're mm. supposed to feel. It's it, you're supposed to feel unsure. It's supposed to be uncertainty. It's supposed to feel like you don't have enough time, and I think most people fail because they rush and bounce off from idea to idea mm-hmm. and try one different thing after another different thing where patience is a big thing with success in in any virtue. You've got to have some level of focus on that thing that's in front of you rather than just aimlessly pinging about from one endeavor to the other. Yeah, patience is actually a really, really difficult thing to master. When I first started doing what we do today, I was the most impatient little shit. Like I just, I couldn't understand or fathom why things weren't happening quicker or I just, I just I, as you said, I felt really behind, but then five, six years later, I still feel behind and I'm not, I, I understand what patience is now. You have to look, actually that's not the best way to describe it. You have to, with patience, the one thing that I had to do was actually just know that I was impatient and identify that I was a very, very impatient person. It's like recognizing anything within yourself. The hardest thing to do is admit that you are maybe arrogant in some ways or you are impatient in some ways or you don't stick things out. When you acknowledge those things, you can then move on from it or you can use it in a way that allows you to move forward. So years ago, I really recognized, I think it was actually my mom said to me, she was like, you're really impatient sometimes. And even getting it from someone else, I was like, I really am. And I need to work on that. And then since then, when you recognize something you're not very good at, you can move forward with those feelings in yeah, a different light. That, that's even interesting. I was, I was thinking about this the other day when I was on a walk, you said that you're impatient. Like, are you impatient or do you sometimes- I was impatient. Let me finish. Mm. Are you impatient or do you sometimes have moments where you're impatient? And let me reframe this so it might be easy to understand. Is is someone sexist because they make a sexist comment? Or have they just made a sexist comment? I think if you make a sexist comment, those thoughts go through your head so you no, are but sexist. If it's one sexist comment that someone's made, does that make... Someone's sexist. If someone makes a bigoted comment, are they a bigot? If someone makes a racist comment, are they a racist? Like what 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 defines what someone truly is? Is it just one instance where something happens that then defines what you are? I think it probably depends what it is. If you make one racist comment, you are a racist. If you make one sexist comment, you're a sex. Like those thoughts have gone through your head and you voice How one of them be, out loud. If, it depends in what context has been said. See, I kind of disagree. I don't at all agree with that. If you if you make one sexist how often, comment, how often do you make mistakes in life, though? Oh, a lot, but I've never said a racist comment. I know I've never the, said the, a I'm, I'm really taking these to the extreme level of the avenue, but I'm, the point I'm trying to make is: does one thing or moment or comment define what you are? I, I know deep down I'm not a bad person, but I've made bad decisions mm-hmm. or I've made 
bad comments before, but I know in myself, I'm not a bad person. So does that make me like, do you know what I mean? I think, think one thing that you do in life, and this is the, the, the point of this podcast is talking about our younger selves and maybe statements that we've made or statements that we put up or mm. past beliefs. As I was saying to Carl before, it takes an intelligent person to form an opinion. It takes a wise person to change your opinion or change what you think. I think it depends on the circumstances. So if you're talking about things that describe, can describe a person, like you're patient, you're <laughs> consistent, you're motivating, they're kind of things that describe someone of how you can act within yourself. And then if you go down the route of sexist or racist, they're like, they are things that you are. If that makes sense. How do you get, Cal, do you get what I mean? I don't know how to describe yeah. that. Uh, I've got kind of a, a thought on this. So if someone in your life, you would describe as a very patient person, but then they're in traffic and they they cut someone up because that day they're just, they feel like, oh, I just need to get there. And, and that one act of impatience, would you then say from then on out, oh, they're a very impatient person? No. No, you'd say it's a patient person who, yeah. you know. Who had, lost their shit a little who bit. Who had a, a very moment. impatient moment. Yeah. Or, or I mean, if we were to say like sexism, then you say, oh, they said a sexist comment or you can maybe say like they had sexist tendencies or something, but it's all about definitions, right? And I think mm. with with negative things, it's quite easy to just go, I'm going to hit you with a brush and a term which exactly. labels you as you mm. are X, yeah. you know? This happens in the media all the time as well, it? doesn't it? Mm. You, you see people like they've made a comment in the media and they've now been tarnished with that brush for the rest of their life. Same thing with, I know this again is a really extreme example, but the amount of people who are deemed as like a paedophile or um, have been taken to court for, what's the word I'm looking for? Sexual harassment, but it has been proven not guilty or then still seen as that. Yeah, there's um, there's a big thing in the in the media at the moment. Um, there's a movement from some, I think it's footballers who are saying that if you've been accused of something in the UK, they want to make it so that your name is not associated to it. Mm. So that like there are some footballers who get told, oh, you've you know sexually assaulted someone, but it turns out they didn't. Yeah. But then that you know they've been dropped by the club, they've done X Y Z. It's a bit of a fine line. It's a tough one to to tread, really, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And that's where it's it's really hard to build up trust in whatever you're doing, whether it be with a business in a part like in a relationship in a friendship, but it's then really, really easily left. I'm not saying the right word. It's really easy to give yeah. that up. It's really, I, I heard someone talk on another podcast the other day. It's like growing a tree. It takes years to grow it, but it can be cut down with one swipe of an ax. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Yeah, all those points. I just think sometimes in the extremities yeah, of I, like sexism and racist, if you if you make those comments, like those comments don't even go through my brain, if that makes sense. Like the, the thought process has never crossed my mind, let alone to voice it or write it down or make a comment publicly. Mm -hmm. Whereas yeah, if someone's cut me up and I'm like, fuck, like I probably do that anyway. But the patience and do you, do you understand what I mean? Like those are quite like critical. If you make a sexist comment, if you're racist, they can have real implications and that's a bad, bad thing to do. Mm -hmm. If you're impatient for two seconds, it's not the end of the yeah, world. I, I, That's also the point that I've, I've kind I've of... I've taken these examples mm. to the real extreme to kind of try and paint the picture of what I mean. Yeah, no, I completely understand it. I just, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, especially like sexist comments. I don't know, as a woman, I I hate it. I, I hate it. Like as in nothing infuriates me more. I think that's why I do what I do today. 
like we were looking back at old, sorry, I can't imagine. <laughs> we were looking back at old posts then. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to say I am, I have the exact same thought processes, thought processes that I do now, doing exactly what I do with work that I did about 10 years ago. And that actually makes me feel really proud in terms of the ethos that I believe. But on the sexism thing, I'm very, I yeah, don't. But I've definitely made, com- like, I'm not af- afraid to say I've made comments in the past before or, or even comment on things where I'm like, I don't believe that now. Mm. That's not me. Like I've said negative things or done certain things when I've had a bad day or whatever mm. it is. And that's why sometimes when I look at comments online now, I try and think about the place that it's coming from, from some people, because it's probably just someone who's had a sh- really shit day. I try not like dig too much into it to let it affect me. And if there's no truth in it, then it's it's easy for me to kind of just shrug it off now. Oh yeah, those sort of comments, I completely just, I sympathize with most negative comments that I receive because either they're having a really rough day, a really bad day, or if it's like a bot account, you're having a bad life. If you've gone out out of your way, if it's anonymous, no profile picture, X2376 commented on your, you've gone out your way to make a fake profile, a fake account to do this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's that's sad. I'm sad for your life that you feel you have to do that. And I sympathize. Same with Sarah. Sarah Green made one bad comment. That's, that? oh, she's having a bad, I know that was just a made uh. up name. I was also thinking Sarah Green is, a, is an actual person. You, you said so, Sarah, like it was a conviction that you Sarah some girl Green, down the road. No, Sarah Green, who has a profile picture and she's made a comment on my video saying I look like a man. Sarah's having a bad day. User 276, no profile picture, is having a bad life. You can't, yeah. like there's a different, do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, negative comments, yeah, by, negative comments. By no means necessary, by the way, before we move also, to the Also, Sarah point. Green does not exist. That was not, um, a thing. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not condoning racism or sexism. I'm just try, trying to use those analogies to paint a picture of like, is everyone defined by a, an action? Mm. No, I thought they were really good analogies. I just was pointing out. Next point. Mm. Um, I need to have a plan for the rest of my life. From 16, <laughs> I think this was the big thing in schools where from the age of 17, 18 to retirement, it was, you need to know what you want to do. You need to have that fixed job up until now till you have a pension. You need to know the plan. You need to know when you're getting married. You need to know when you're having kids. Know what you're doing at the weekends. Know where you're going to live. It felt like you you kind of needed to map your diary out from that point. And whereas now, like the, the things I thought back then have just completely gone out the window. I think that throws a lot of people, especially if your life plan just one day is ripped up and blown away in the wind. And you're like, where the, where the hell do we go from here? I think when we were at college and we're we're 27 and 31 now, the next course was you you have to absolutely go to university. You, You have to get a degree. That is the only way to be successful. Like I probably, I mean, I really enjoyed uni and the experience and my course was actually helpful because it was business management and events. But I also started this career second year of uni very early on and I was so odd I was so odd I stuck out like a sore thumb at uni because I was I was doing something that no one else was doing I don't think I necessarily need I did not need to be paying off my student loan right now do you know what I mean like I actually feel like I could have not gone to yeah, university yeah, I've, and I've, done I've, something well, different at first yeah and I just felt straight after college there was no question it was you have to go to university 
you absolutely have to go to university. So that's all you can do. Cool. Yeah, done. Bish, bash, bash. That's gone. a big push from the, from the schools though, isn't it, as well? Because I'm sure Cal will be able to give more of an input on this. I love Cal's it. story. It makes but, me happy. No, no, not the story, but more <laughs> so because his mum's worked in the schools. Of, I'm sure it probably looks better on the schools that more people have gone to university for that school. Yeah, schools are um, ranked and defined on the amount of their students that progress onto higher education. And it's definitely not yeah. the correct thing for most students. I mean, yeah. the three of us, we could all be doing exactly what we're doing three years sooner if it wasn't for... With way less debt. Yeah, but it wasn't for university. So, Cal, sorry, the, I thought... Cal studied ants at uni. Yeah. Didn't so, study ants. I think his <laughs> degree was in ants. Yeah, but it makes it sound... Yeah. What, no, when the degree was in zoo... For those people who don't know, yeah. Zoology? The, the, the rough background is, yeah, I, st I studied <laughs> animals at university. I've read gum down, Cal's yeah, degree, though. So. I was yeah, out you studying ants and, I don't know, like... Do you know what, though, actually? Kind of because I... When I went to college... So after I high like school, you just interrupted Cal's story on his degree. No, I was actually on the on the same level of what Cal did with that's finished Cal's story first and animals. Sorry, Cal, carry yeah, on the, the story. The story's there. You, you're fine. No, basically, I was I just wanted to be a marine biologist from a young age, and then realized that maybe a vet would be better. And then yeah, I was in university, realized I didn't like animals. I liked pictures and cameras. <laughs> I was and pigeons. Oh, you say pigeons. pigeons. <laughs> cameras, photos. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. No, so what I was going to say with that is I love animals. I love the ocean. I, I love, I, I go You're to the zoo. I, yeah, a part fish. Obsessed with animals, marine biology, the whole lot. I, at high school, didn't get the grade that I needed to study biology at college. You know, when you go for your like open day at college or whatever it is, and they tell you what you can and can't do. Can't, I don't know if they've still got that now. I got a B in biology and they were like, oh, Lucy can't take, um, she can't take biology at A-level. Is it A-level at college? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She can't take biology at A-level because she got a B. And because she swims so much, she won't be able to keep up with the work. From the age of zero to however you are old at college, 16, 17, 18, 17, 16, my whole heart, life, everything was set on being a marine biologist everything obsessed with animals snorkeling the ocean collected rocks you name it to that one teacher to say lucy won't be able to keep up with the work and she got a b so she can't do it and then my whole trajectory changed i didn't know that about you lucy I yeah didn't know marine biology oh my well. god marine biologist everything like I, why do you think i'm obsessed with sharks and no, crocodiles I know, I know. yeah i think there's like two sides that one is it good that they shut it down there and then before you didn't let you go down a, a path that was to no end or two did they just shut down a young girl's dreams of not really knowing what she was capable of? Well, yes, both sides of that. But I I still now would love to be a marine biologist in Australia, scuba diving every single day, studying fish. Like, it makes me want to cry I'd when to, I think I'd about that. I'd love to be a that. postman, so. You'd love to be a... Postman. Well, you want to do that at some stage anyway. I, I mean, we've got very different goals there, Ben. Like, I'm going to be in Australia scuba diving when we retire and you're going to be a postman. Mm. But it doesn't matter because that would make you happy and that would make me very happy. But that dream is still so there. Like, it hurts my heart. And I remember I was sat with my mum and she was absolutely devastated for me. Like, devastated that that one teacher, bear in mind, if it was another teacher, they might have been like, Lucy will be fine. But the reason... They didn't let me take it is because I was a swimmer. Well, and I think that is bad. There's another lesson. You don't always get in life what you want. I mean, getting a B in biology is still good going. Very I got good. a C in maths. 
I got a C in maths and I really struggled with maths. <laughs> I still do. I'm not very good with numbers. Okay, next point. Yeah, sorry. Weekends. You're really pulling on the heartstrings here, Ben. Weekends for, or for unwinding. Like, what I mean by this <laughs> is, I was looking through my statuses <laughs> and it was every weekend was just a massive blowout of, you know, when you're looking through photos on Facebook, it was just loads of ale, loads of food. Yeah. And then Monday regrets. Mm. And yes, they kind of are. The way that I would sort of look at weekends now, I'll reframe it, is obviously enjoy your weekends, try and not live for them. Because if you're just living to try and escape the Monday to Friday, it's not a great existence, I don't think, to have. But enjoy them, just make sure that you're not going backwards. And what I mean by that is, if you've got goals and what you're doing on the weekend doesn't align with that, so if you're pounding in a shitload of food or you're chugging back a load of alcohol or you know that you've got work things to do and what that is then equating to is you being hungover all weekend or you gaining a load of weight at the weekend or your finances being ruined at the weekend because you spend too much money, that is putting you backwards. So I think mm. it, I would try and look at them and advice on my younger self is go and enjoy yourself, but just try and not go backwards with whatever you're doing and make sure it aligns with what your, your goal is. And that's difficult to tell a younger version of yourself because I think a lot of it goes with experience as well. I guess that's more of a mindset for me to focus on now. No, I definitely agree with that. The saying of like living for the weekend, but then you're only living two days out of seven in a week. I wish I had the maths ability to work out what that was in a year. But 104. 104 out of 365 days in a year. Thank you, girl. <laughs> um, <laughs> brain dead this morning. Um, applause. Oh, no, I just, I'm a bit, got a bit of brain tiredness. Um, and I used to completely live for the weekend. I used to, I just used to like, and it was almost the, the, the mindset or mind frame of, I hated Monday to Friday. This is when we were swimming. Hate, just like, ugh, like there's so much going on. And I'm like, oh, it's finally the weekend. Like everything, da, da, da. you can like go out, you can enjoy yourself, especially at uni. No lectures, no this, no that. Like the world is your oyster for two out of seven days. But then you reframe your mindset and think, I want to start living every single day to the fullest. And no, you don't have as... You don't have as much time, obviously, when you're working Monday to Friday, there's a lot going on. If you've got a nine till five, you've got a time constraint. But having the mindset of, I get to wake up today, I have a lot of gratitude, I get to work, I get to do something. Like I actually, it might not be something you love, and I know that's really, really difficult, but you still get to work. You, you're making money, you're doing things. It's changing that mind frame of only living for the weekend. We obviously discussed this when we and were... it is really hard. We obviously discussed this when we went to Lanzarote the other week about the life that your mum and dad gave you when you were younger. And I think, although you talk about it as a negative sometimes and you often do a lot of swimming, a lot of training, it's, it's definitely laid the foundation for what you've been able to achieve in later life. So some of that sacrifice and some of that work is created the foundation and is created a vessel in which you now use and utilize for the success that you've got in later life i think that's that's sometimes difficult i mean i think it's more difficult now for people to really appreciate is because there's so many different people giving opinions on the way that people should parent what they should do how much they should be pushing their kids 
but for anyone to have that level of success again you look at any extreme of the the timeline or whatever you call it you look at people like serena williams the williams sisters you look at people like tiger woods really pushing the boat out there they're people who have to sacrifice a hell of a lot in order to be a champion mm. and i think children definitely still need part children need to be pushed they're not just going to go into stuff and make those choices they've got to be parents who will do that and you've got to be pushed to think a little bit when you're younger against your will you don't you don't have an experienced head on your shoulders you don't have the knowledge the education and that's got to come from the parents i think there's more negative things to come from parents who just let the kids do whatever the hell they want to do rather than pe- the parents who are pushy i agree completely and also i don't see I, I had a wonderful, wonderful childhood. And even though most of it was growing up as an athlete in sport, it was the best thing my mum and dad ever did for me and Meg, 100%. We, we spoke about it in Lanzarote in terms of where's that level of you're pushing your kids too far, but it's more from like a coach's perspective, how the coaches treated us, not how our parents treated us. Like my mum and dad gave us so many opportunities, but it was more so when you get to a level, the way the coaches treat you, then can have a negative effect. But again, the, that's not the parents' decision. My mum and dad didn't, they didn't know what the coaches were saying to us and we didn't tell them. Like that wasn't a thing. It was a coach-athlete relationship it was very different to a parent relationship. I am so thankful every single day for mum and dad pushing us. The amount of times I wanted to quit and they were like, no, like you're not quitting. Like you literally, you're not there yet. You're not quitting. And I'm so thankful they didn't let me quit. And when I was ready, when I was 18, I was like, this is it. I actually can't do it anymore. They understood what I was seeing and that I couldn't progress in it anymore. And they were ve- they were wonderful and so good to me when I stopped swimming because they knew I'd hit that level where I'm not going to take it any further. And it, yeah, they pushed us every single day in the most positive way. And you're really correct with saying... I do think kids need to be pushed out of their comfort zone to do hard things from a young age to not get everything that they want to get in life. And they have to, they have to work for it. They have to do really hard things and and get uncomfortable in situations. So no, it's not, it's not all negative. There was just a slightly negative. It, it, say it was a lot Mm -hmm. on you. Next point. The thought that threat friends will be my friends for the rest of my life. It's always an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> we speak about it. When you're this. at school, you're like, this, these are going to be a friend. I'm going to I'm gonna buy like a row of four houses and all my friends are going to live next to each other and that's what we're going to do for the rest of our lives. Mm. I'm just going to live in bunk beds and have a good time. And do you know what your parents always used to say to you? You will have five, my parents maybe more that. best friends. My parents, my mum said that a lot to me, actually. Like a, how how interesting is it, even if you probably count now, how many friends you're actually friends with from school? Which school? Primary, high school, or more college? so high school because that's where you form more friends. I, like from One. from primary school to high school, I left a lot of friends behind from primary school, and then I think you go through stages and you leave people behind in in your life. Um, none from primary school, one from high school, none from college, and two from uni. So three in total. Yeah, three people who I would still consider that like I'm really, really good friends with mm-hmm. um, from that whole period. I think when, do you know what really pricked my ears up 
we did the podcast with Tia Claire Toomey. If you've not listened to it yet, guys, go back and listen to it because it was really phenomenal. And she said something in terms of you go through life and as you, you have different goals, you have different things you want to achieve. And the way she said, there was a friend who she's now not really friends with, but she loves this friend dearly, but they now don't speak. They don't make contact because the, the friend couldn't understand why Tia was doing what she was doing. She didn't understand that she had these ambitions and these goals. And I thought it was wonderful how Tia just said, there might be a stage where we do full circle and we're friends again, and that would be wonderful, but there also might not be. Mm -hmm. And I've had that with a lot. I'm, I'm now not friends with a lot of people who I did used to be like really quite close with. And I think I'm, I've changed so much as a person, not my personality and who I am deep down and everything like that, but I've changed because I've grown so much. There's so much that I want to do and achieve. And I'm exactly the same person, like who I was back then, but I've got very different ambitions and you just drift away from people. And I, I don't think I don't it's think the same person. Thing. Back. I, I can see massive change even in the last two or three years. I don't think anyone's the same person they were even three years ago. Oh no, not in that way. I just mean like personality wise, like how, like how I, how I speak, how I am, my beliefs and what I am. But, but even that in beliefs, terms of, that beliefs always an interesting one because I think that changes for, very quickly for people depending on what experience they've been through in the past three years. Yeah, I get. I which, think, is the, which is part the part of this podcast is looking back at some of those. I was even looking at tweets and statuses, and I was like, mm, I don't believe that. I think it's very easy to go. I've always been the same, and I've always had the same beliefs, and mm -hmm. I still stand behind those things. And in reality, if you were to probably look back at some of the beliefs that you did hold you would be pretty surprised at what the younger you has said. You, if you had, um, what are those things that people voice record with? A dict or something? <laughs> dick. Yeah. Like the things that you, the things that you said and could highlight all the, all the things or the negative things. You'd be very surprised. I think at some of the things you've said that you just don't even, that you've mm. just completely washed away from your brain. I think that's maybe, I maybe just can't remember. Well, I think that the human mind chooses <laughs> to do that though. I Especially just, things we don't need, it sieves it out pretty well. Or things that don't serve us. I think I'm also meant, like, personality-wise. I don't think my personality... I, like, my ambitions have changed wildly. So from a business perspective, and I think I have lost friends along the way because they can't see what I... Like, my goals for future are wild and crazy. And I think I've probably lost some friends because they don't get why I'm doing what I'm doing. So that's a, like a big growth and change in who I am as a person and what I see myself doing. But then who I am, like who I am is, is not, you know, the speech my dad gave at the wedding, mm -hmm. that he's like, you are, like, you are Lucy. Like you've always been the same sort of person, but now there's these other things that come, come with it. Like that thing that I pulled up from 2015, I wrote an article, we, me and Ben were going back and looking at Facebook statuses or tweets and I didn't actually use Twitter that much, so that's probably more on you. But I wrote a Facebook status in 2016, which is basically is an article that I wrote on, I created a website, Lucy Davis Fitness. And so I created my own website in 2016 and I wrote an article saying, does weight training make you manly? And that makes me feel really proud because that means my ethos hasn't changed in terms of what I believe in. However, I don't post the same things I post on Instagram. I used to post my arse a lot nothing and I looked very nothing, naked. Nothing changed there then, was it? It's still present on my Instagram in areas. Um, 
but I, I base a lot of my self-worth on how big my bum was and I don't do that anymore. And it, it, it's actually fine if you do do that, by the way, if anyone's listening and they use Instagram and they use their bum and things like that, you do you, that was me. Um, my point was, so what I, what I post physically has changed, but the message, so I wrote that nine years ago, does weight training make you manly? I probably can pull up a caption from two days ago, does weight training make you manly? And that makes me really proud because within nine years, I still really strongly believe that like women should be strong and muscular. And that really hits hard for me, mm-hmm. I think. Like the authenticity behind, I, that doesn't, it's still there in my brain. Can I ask you a question on that, Liz? <laughs> yeah, but be nice. <laughs> no, it's nice, it's nice. Um, what do you think about the fact that you were saying it nine years ago and you're still saying it today means? As in, do you think it's, it's an issue that things haven't progressed as much as you potentially would have wanted them to nine years ago? Do you know what? I think they've progressed. Okay. I think they've, I think they've significantly progressed in terms of how women are valued in the gym environment with muscle, because probably though, there's a lot more women doing it now. But nine years ago, it's probably, I was one, probably one of the only people speaking about it, which is maybe why I wrote a blog post on it in the first place to bring attention to it. Um, it will, it will never not be a thing. I think the whole time I'm alive for the next hundred years, it You're not going to be alive for another 100 years. I could really live till 120 I mean, now. If anyone's going to, it's going to be 120. You. My mum wants to live till 111. Pushing it. Yes, I start so getting I on, on board of the, the daily habits that guy has. Brian, What's the guy? Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson. He's trying to reverse his age. Oh, that's too much though, isn't it really? Isn't he injecting his we'll try... blood into him? Yeah. We'll try and get him on the podcast. We were speaking to him, weren't we? Yeah, a couple yeah, months ago. He'd be a really cool one to get on the podcast. With things like that though, it's just... It's doing things for the sake of it. He's given up the everything, the the quality of his life for quantity. Yeah, it's not about the amount of years in your life. It's about the amount of there you go. years. What a quote. <sighs> Mic drop. But yeah, on I, yeah, we've moved forward. It's not where it needs to be. But I think women in sport and fitness is far better than it was nine years ago for sure. Yeah. I think there's just more women in gyms and in Doing fitness it. spaces where people can see people yeah. that they can relate to yeah but absolutely buzzing that my my message has not changed it has not changed that's who i am what you see is what you get and that makes me really because people sometimes really change their narrative depending on trends or likes or engagement the fact that i'm still chatting the same thing i was chatting nine years ago really it's definitely rooted in me that that's my why mm-hmm. why i do what i do next point God, you've got so many points, Ben. Did Cal, did you have any points? I've got one or two, but we'll stick with Ben. I like the way this goes. Uh, this is probably one of my last ones. So I put this note just from, again, these are some of the points I've taken away from statuses that I used to make to kind of summarize what I was thinking within that. So I needed to justify everything I did to people and explain myself. I would focus on other people and not myself. Therefore, I would be so focused on not looking stupid and that I would, be stupid and not moving forward. So I'd only care what other people thought about me. And with that became this thing of like, I was thinking about how winners focus on moving forward and how losers focus on not losing. And that was me. I was just trying to stay afloat rather than moving forward because I was too bothered about justifying myself to other people, potentially people I didn't even like. I think it's very easy to get caught up in. You just justifying yourself to people who hold no value in their opinion over your life. I think I still did that up until like a year ago. 
Oh yeah, it's a very difficult. Like really, really actually concerned with what anyone thought of me, and a massive, massive people pleaser, almost to the extent where I'd put myself into a detrimental state just to please other people. As in, I'd I'd make myself really unhappy to please other people. And that is a really crazy thing to wrap your head around. I'm thinking now, why on earth did I do that? You know what's really awful? I used to do people's uni assignments. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I was, I was. How awful is that? Because I was so nice. I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it for you." Being a people pleaser, I think, awful. is often viewed as a negative thing. It's, Maybe a pushover. It's, it's a push one of the things I also like about you is that you, <laughs> you put no, but it's like you're a nice person. Like you, you often will put other people first. Like so that sometimes yeah. that's a nice trait to have. Like I don't think it's always to be viewed negative if you're a people pleaser. I understand why. It can be in some situations and if you're doing it all the time. I think maybe I was a pushover then. Is that a better way to describe it, that I was a pushover? I, I don't I don't ever remember you being that way, but that's how you describe how you this think was, you This was pre, probably pre-you. No, no not, nothing existed before me. <laughs> I, I honestly, I can't imagine, nothing existed before you. Life didn't before exist you. before me, that's when life Life wasn't a thing. Ben did never have previous partners. Yeah. I've been his only pride and joy his whole yeah. life. I can't even think about that thought process. It was basically Mary and Joseph before this point. Yeah, we came out yeah. the womb at, <laughs> I was 20 and you were 26. Yeah. And then that was life. I just, you know, it's actually really funny. I literally. Life was a raise for them. It was like one of those, I, it's like the guys from Men in Black came down and just zapped all your memory from previous. I can't, I can't honestly think about the fact that Ben had been with other people. I'm just like, absolutely not because I am his only. <laughs> I am his whole world. He's, he was single before me. Yeah. Awful. Anyway, um. yeah, no, I was a pushover then. I still, I mean, I, I love, I love my friends so much i love my friends my family and you so much i would do anything for them i think i'm more so thinking pre that of maybe people who i thought were my friends who then used to bitch about me behind my back i i think everyone i lived with and probably in my degree course they used to talk about what i was doing in the fitness space because nobody was really doing it and they were like, she's so boring. Oh my gosh, she's never going to make it. All the people I swam with said it. Whereas five or six years later, they asked you for favors. And I think that's what's really important for people to remember. If someone is saying something now, it's because you're doing something and they're not. Mm -hmm. 
It's because you're doing something with your life that you're very passionate about. If people are bitching and moaning behind your back because they won't do it to your face because they've got no balls, but you will hear about it anyway because that is what happens. They will come to you in three or four years and ask you for a favor. I can guarantee someone did it from swimming multiple times for me and loads of people from high school. I just deleted them because I thought I do not have time for that. I do not have time because you were nasty to me. It's very easy to do though because in a in a conversational sense, it's easy to say to someone, do you know what I mean? And that's trying to justify what you've just said. You, yeah, you still do that a lot actually. Yeah, I do it sometimes, yeah, because it's a, it's it can be a confidence thing if you're not speaking about something that you know a lot on or you feel judged, you go, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just you're looking for confirmation or validation that the other person understands what you've said. I wonder if there's a different way you could phrase that. You don't, some, you don't need to say it. You finish a sentence. If that person doesn't understand, they can ask a question about it. Yeah, sorry. That That's more so what I meant is you'd finish a sentence. Because I, I definitely do it as well. Meg does it as well a lot, you know, actually. But you can say, do, do it with questions. Mean? An example before when you were prepping some stuff for another podcast, you'll sometimes butter a question up before asking it. instead of just being direct and asking the question. And that's sometimes you're trying to build your own confidence within a delivery. Yeah, because we sometimes all do it. No, I, we all do it. <laughs> I don't want to offend people. I get really. What's so that? I guess... What's that? Sorry, what's that quote from Casey about asking for? Oh, yeah. It's better or it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah. Good quote. It is. It's say it again, Carl. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. See, I wouldn't. I'd ask for permission first and then not do it. If <laughs> they said no, like I, I, that makes me stressed to do something without getting permission. Whereas I'm my 27 year old self. I should be able just yeah. to go off and do things. But you know that <laughs> a lot of growth and a lot of goodness comes from being in uncomfortable situations. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, no, it does. I just, I'm not very good with that. I do like doing things the proper way or maybe just being very transparent. Mm. Okay. I think. That was my last one. We probably have to wrap up at this point. Yeah, can I ask one quick question? Carl's got a question. Okay, so I'll I'll just cut to an, a more juicy one. Um, what do you guys think are personality traits that make you well-suited to what you do and then personality traits that make you not well-suited to what you do? Personality trait, well-suited. Yeah. I am an extrovert. Yes. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, for in, sure. In, in what we do, especially hosting a podcast, speaking to camera, looking in people's eye contact. Eye contact's a really hard thing that sometimes you can't, people can't do. Talking on stage, I think that helps. Um, what about not well suited to what you do, Luce? If you were to be very self-critical, what would you say personality-wise? I am not very good at taking criticism. Mm. Quite a lot of the time I struggle. Um, because, Cal, <laughs> I always think I'm right. And it's a really bad trait to have. But a lot of the time, I think I'm right. A lot of the time. Um, and I find it quite... And, and that's not okay in the fitness industry at all. I mean, science, yes. Science is right or wrong. Not on, not on that sort of thing. No, I don't just... think you do that all the time. I think you just do it with me. It's like a partner <laughs> thing. You just do to piss your partner <laughs> off. You just don't back down. I don't think you do it on topics where you're debating on things or where you're speaking in a professional environment you just do it to piss on my chips but maybe because we both work together then so that's in like it's a business a, it's sense. a couple thing isn't it I, I think a lot of people do it yeah um okay quickly my one 
is I think my strength is that I don't give a shit <laughs> with a lot of things. I'm the one who will like push the boundary and take risks because I don't care. The plan doesn't go to plan. Um, or I'll just put, I'll like push the boat out to float and see if it sinks sort of thing. Yeah. One of the negative personality traits. I'm, I'm very impatient. And impatient with like a short fuse sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's probably easier for you to evaluate one of my. I was going to the one I, I could say, say yours is that fuse. you're that perfect. You're a perfectionist, so you like everything done properly, which can sometimes be good, but can sometimes pull you back. It's yeah. really actually detrimental. While to, you were uh, speaking, sorry, Liz, I interrupt. No, you. no, go on. One that springs to mind for the two of you is like organization. I think you two are like on polar opposites of yeah. the spectrum when it comes to organization. Um, Lucy, they, Halden, sorry, is yeah. the single most organized human being I've ever yeah. met in my life, mm. which means you're very rigid and very like things. Stressed. Things get done when Lucy's doing them, and but the thing is with Ben, things get done, but they get done in different, different ways. ways. Yeah, and I think I think it's it's hard to label it as a. This quality is a positive, it's positive, negative. But can cause conflict. It yeah. was it was even apparent when we went traveling the other day. Me and Meg are super laid back yeah. and Lucy's not. No. So like we want to chill in the airport. We want to sit down. We want to have a coffee. We'll move at our own pace. Whereas Lucy's on her feet, wants to be at the gate. Like there's no right or wrong to it. It's just different people, yeah. different but traits. But because I am the organizational queen, I'm the one who books the taxis. Oh so God. you've no choice. Traveling with Lucy. But like it could have been booked. I might have booked it just a little bit later because you yeah, would have done it. Yeah, but we would already be in our taxi. <laughs> <laughs> but that is one thing to yeah. be fair yeah i'm very good question i get i almost get because i'm so organized when things aren't to the plan i get very very stressed um but yeah i thought that was actually a fantastic podcast yeah today. i'd advise anyone I to go through your facebook feed or your twitter feed and just look <laughs> look back over some delete of the old everything. photos or statuses or yeah especially if you're going for a new job that's probably a good thing to delete any old sexist or racist jokes <laughs> in there um but just just take a look over things anyway because it'll be funny maybe mm. uh, even a little bit tongue-in-cheek to probably look at your old beliefs and old views from a previous time and we hope you enjoyed today's episode with that wonderful ambulance that completely threw me off track I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, we'll do like a part two because I think there's a lot more to uncover that uncover that we've not actually had time to speak about today. But it was really interesting, I think, for us as well to go back. Hopefully you're still loving and enjoying the podcast in every single element. If you're not subscribed on YouTube or Spotify, make sure you do so. Leave a review on Apple because it really, really helps us. And as always, we appreciate you. Bye, guys. Bye.